What is up, guys, and welcome to another special episode of Guadagni Vision, the first ever podcast dedicated to Paraguayan football in English. As always, I'm Rita Rojas, and joining me are my two great co-hosts, Federico Perez and Ralph Hanna. And today, as we are here to talk about, obviously, a huge matchup happening on Thursday, the big World Cup qualifiers, as we are back in international mode. You could tell from the shirts that all of us are wearing, the Albi Roja, as we get into this big game against traditionally known as the classic rival of Paraguay against Argentina at the Defensores. And for here, for us to talk about it, we have Santiago Bauza of Hand Up Pod and TNT Sports Argentina to give an outlook of the Avi Celeste as they head into this good game that surely will have a lot of presidents uh, heading into really a, a really big game over there on Thursday. So let's get Santi in here. Santi, I'll start off real quick and ask, how have you been feeling of this Argentina squad, you know, just a couple of months now removed from winning their first Copa America title since 1993, the first one under Lionel Messi's uh, basically time here at, at the national team. They're still on a good unbeaten streak of 22 games uh, under Scaloni. So I just want your thoughts on how you are viewing this Argentina side heading into World Cup qualifications and for this game against Paraguay on Thursday. Well, first off, uh, thank you for having, having me, guys. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think the, the vibes are like really, really positive at this moment uh, in, in Argentina, around this squad, around this group of players. Uh, there's like such huge positivity around the, the team at the moment. I, I mean, you can certainly attribute that to, you know, winning the Copa America, this, this Copa America for the first time in, in such, a, such a long time. Um, but I mean, you can feel that uh, this these players genuinely uh, feel the love of their fans, and uh, the the last game against Bolivia at the at the Monumental uh, in Buenos Aires, I think that was truly a testament of that. That was uh, the celebration, the the Copa America celebration. We were robbed off because of uh, because of COVID, uh, and you could definitely see the the connection that was. Um, that was felt uh, between the fans and the players and uh, how everyone felt uh, around uh, Messi finally achieving this, uh, this tournament and uh, his role in it, which despite uh, him, you know, not having a messy game in the final, you can clearly tell that uh, the reason Argentina went all the way in that Copa America was, it was mostly him. But um, you can also sense a group of players that um, are not, you know, blinded by Messi slight and can actually bring him down to earth. They can play to his strengths. They can help him instead of just giving him the ball and uh, making him deal with everything. Uh, you can clearly see how uh, this group of players have um, adapted to, to Messi to play for him and to play, um, well, yeah, in a, in a better, more adapted role in this new role that he's got mostly around, um, you know, more of a playmaker instead of a of uh, you know this really in, incredible dribbler and goal scorer from like ten years ago, um, so you can see that um, Scaloni has also barely changed the squad in the last uh, three or four qualifiers. You can see that two or three players have come and gone. Uh, for example, Wendia has been you know kind of a regular fixture, but hasn't yet made his bow his bow for Argentina. Uh, 
So you can see that there's like a huge uh, contingent around the, the, the champions, the, the champions of uh, South America that's been very, very consistent in the last uh, four or five call-ups. Um, this is a very tight-knit group and uh, one that's got, uh, got everyone's fans, uh, everyone's fan, uh, Argentina fan, I think, uh, in their hearts. I think uh, it's, it's a really, really great time to be, to be an Argentina fan at the moment. Santi, this just sounds so positive, and this isn't something we usually put together with Argentina. That's always had a good team, but have often struggled with the relationships of players, the media, the manager. I'm thinking, for example, San Paoli, which was ended up being a disaster in the in the World Cup. What do you think Scaloni's done differently to previous managers? Because Scaloni's coming is very inexperienced, really, as a as a coach. Um, unlike, say, Tata Martino, Pato Bausa, um, I'm trying to think of some recent coaches. Savela obviously did well. But, you know, what Scaloni managed to do that maybe those more experienced managers weren't able to do to, to build this kind of spirit you're talking about? Yeah, I think uh, uh, Scaloni's biggest strength, uh, even when he was the heavily, heavily criticized in his first year in charge because of the fact that he had no experience whatsoever in management, which is, you know, of course, something really, really odd for a national manager, especially one taking charge of a country like Argentina. Uh, you know, I think that those criticisms may be justified then, but I don't think they are justified now at this moment because, uh, I mean, so much has changed. He's already three years into his uh, managerial career and he's got uh, to these levels of success. But I think the main aspect that um, that you could put uh, Sampaoli ahead of, you know, some torrid terms like uh, Bausas and, Scal and Sampaolis is the fact that Scaloni has been brave enough to ensure a new generation of players. Um, a generation that was overdue that uh, Bausa and Sampaoli didn't dare to, to put forward. Uh, for example, when you can see in the, in the example that uh, Sampaoli did not take Lautaro Martinez and gave Lo Celso zero minutes in Russia. And now you can see that Lautaro Martinez and Lo Celso are like some of the most important players in this national team. Um, Scaloni has also trusted uh, some players that were probably off radar or, or not in the, in the hearts and minds of, of Argentina fans and has given him given them their um, his confidence and they have uh, been proven he's been proven completely right. You can see it in the in the examples of course of uh, Emi Martinez, Guti Romero and Rodrigo de Paul, which lest we forget, he was not exactly a national team starter, a surefire starter back in the 2019 Copa America. Now he's like the most important uh, midfielder in the in the Argentina squad. You can you can see it in Nico Gonzalez as well, who's become a, a really key part of, uh, of the rotation of the team. Um, he's also given even some, you know, veterans that have been um, banging on the national team door for, for a long while, like Papu Gomez, uh, a chance. Uh, he's even uh, rekindled the international careers of uh, players that were in the past derided for, by, by fans like uh, Otamendi and especially Di Maria, who's definitely turned their fortunes around. I think uh, the confidence that he he gave those players uh, that were probably overlooked or even, as I said before, derided by the press and the fans and the fact that he's been proven right uh, by, you know, going all the way in this Copa America and even performing above expectations in the 2019 Copa America, which I think that's, that's what happened. 
Um, it's been a really steady progress. Um, he's, he's faced some resistance, less so from fans in the, in the last uh, few months, but uh, he, I think he still faces some resistance from the media, which I think has, has generated a backlash from the fans against the media in that sense, in, in the middle of the Copa America, no less. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's been also like very, very straight about his, uh, his call-ups and uh, the way he conducts himself, especially in comparison with um, Bausa, who was a little ar arrogant, and Sampaoli, who was just straight out chaotic in the way he, he handled himself everywhere. That's why he's like really, really hated by Argentina fans. So I think above all, it's just the fact that he is, uh, he's... Uh, Put forward the, this transition and this uh, change of uh, of the guard, changing of the guard that uh, his predecessors didn't dare to do in the in the right in the right time. And switching focus to the game itself against Paraguay, Argentina don't have a great record in Asuncion recently. Um, mm -hmm. Roberto's put it up here in the chat for us, and it's it's one win in the last five home World Cup qualifiers. And I remember that win was against a very depleted Paraguay team. They had an interim coach. I think we were, we were already out of the World Cup by the time we played. So with that in mind and looking that this, we have this strange situation of the triple header. Um, and this is Argentina's only away game of this triple header. They're, after this, they have two home matches against Uruguay and Peru. How do you think they're going to set up coming to Asuncion? Would they be happy to settle with a point, you know, see what Paraguay can do. And, and if Paraguay aren't able to break them down, go back to Buenos Aires with a point, or you think they're coming to go all out for a win? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, it is, I mean, you're right when you say that Paraguay has uh, become something of a bogey team for Argentina, at least uh, in Asuncion. Uh, they've had it rough in the, in, in several games, I think uh, last time, uh, I think under, I think it was under Bausa, if I'm not mistaken. Um, no, wait, it was 20, 2015, so it was probably under Martino. But um, yeah, I'm probably get, getting messed up with the, with the home game, which I think we lost to now, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, I mean, I think Paraguay has become something of a of a bulky team for Argentina. But um, I think that Argentina is probably in a different, in a very, very, very different uh, situation than they were uh, six years ago. Uh, I think uh, this, of course, uh, this team is not only much more cohesive and um, stronger in certain areas, but also he has uh, something of, um, I mean, with with the Copa America win, there also comes some something of like pressure to, to not just keep this uh, unbeaten run, but also, you know, go out there and prove that you're still, you know, the Copa America champions. So um, considering that and uh, the fact that the Argentina have such a young squad, aside from, of course, the, the leaders of the, of the dressing room, like, you know, Messi and Di Maria and Otamendi and Papu Gomez, um, the Copa America win felt more like a start of something instead of like the culmination of the careers of, uh, you know, this veteran player. So there's something like hunger to to get to rush get sorry get to Qatar in the in the best possible form um, as strong as, as as you can possibly possibly get there so I think Argentina will probably try to you know do what uh, Scaloni's team generally does uh, in in this kind of games which is try to you know dominate the first 
the first half hour of the first half of the game and uh, try to get something in those first 45 minutes and then try to see out the game in the second half. So uh, I think that's that's going to be the case. Maybe they will uh, regulate a little bit more because of, you know, the difficult conditions that Argentina tends to face in the Defensor de Chaco. But uh, I think that's generally what we're going to see because, I mean, this would be Argentina playing to their strengths. This, these are the, the, their strengths. They are good with the with the ball on their feet and trying to create chances uh, by opening up spaces. So I think that's what they're trying to do. Well, we want to take that smile off your face, Santi. We're envying you right now, <laughs> champions of that Copa America. But before saying anything else, congratulations for that title to you and Thank all you. the Argentinian people. Um, but what is this team lacking? I mean, where do you see this team going from from here on on and especially you know we're, we're facing Europe now so where's this team still weak uh, I remember that back in the days it was about the defense but even now it looks stable back there uh, your goalkeeper is also one, one of your stars uh, in the locker room I mean where is this team weak or is it just a hundred percent right now where do you see it look um During the Copa America, I would have told you that uh, the team's biggest weakness uh, was Nicolas Otamendi uh, because uh, he was like not in the best form. He was very, very slow uh, in the build-up. He was, you know, he was good in, in one-on-one duels, aerial duels, but uh, he was not the best when, when applied, when he was pressured. Um, I think um, he's turn his uh, his form around not just in the Copa America with that performance in the final but also in his first few games for Benfica I think he's been you know going leaps and bounds in comparison to to his final to his final season at Manchester City and his first in Benfica which was a little rough I would say but uh but yeah I think uh I think the fact that um, Argentina have improved defensively Because he was um, he was paired with Kuti uh, Romero, who I think he was he pretty much balances his weaknesses. He balances Otamendi's weaknesses. I I still think that if you press him enough um, with the ball in his feet, you can actually get something. Because I mean, he's not exactly the best. Uh, he's, he's not the most technical center back. I think that's probably because that's probably why because he he didn't succeed exactly under Pep Guardiola. So. I think if you press him enough, you, he can, you know, hoof the wall away and you can get a throw in and then you can you know, start attacks in, in that sense. I think that's probably the weakness. And the other one is the fact that Argentina tends to play with very, very attacking fullbacks in uh, either Montilla or Molina Lucero on the right and uh, Marcos Acuña on the left. Um, they are like very, very good in, uh, in their attack, attacking prowess, in their attacking pro- um, end product. But they tend to leave a lot of spaces when in, when RGR interest in transition, which I think that was a little uh, as something that Brazil tried to capitalize in the final. They tried to hoof a couple long balls to to Acuna, and um, in that in in those uh, in those uh, in those chances, they almost score. One of them was offside, and the other one was a brilliant save from Martinez. Something that then Scaloni was smart enough to to. Fixed by by sending uh, Nico Tagliafico in to play as a third centre back, so I think those I think there's there's both um, Otamendi's uh, Otamendi on the ball and then the the two full backs leaving too much space in behind. 
I got, I got two more questions for you, Santi. I'm going to put them together and, and so you can just answer me. Um, we, we've talked about this uh, actually, you know, the last the last year uh, many, many times uh, about what happened with the Romero twins in Argentina, in San Lorenzo. They don't have a club right now. They're only playing for the national team. Uh, obviously, uh, the money was an issue also, but a lot of things happened in that locker room. I, I, want, to know, I want to get your take on what Argentinian people think now of the Romero Twins, and if you actually think that the door is still open for them to actually go and play back there again eventually. I mean, Oscar has played in several teams there. Angel was the first time in Argentina, but, you know, they're, they're very well known over there. And uh, the other question has to do with Messi. Um, a lot of people are going here to the stadium because Messi's coming. Uh, and a lot of people are also thinking that it could be the last time that you're going to see Messi here in Defensor as a Jackal in the qualifiers to the World Cup. What, what do you think about that? Is it the last time that people are going to get to see Messi here? Those are very, very good. Those are very good questions. Uh, first off, about the, the Romero twins. Um, I mean, safe to say they are very very controversial here in Argentina uh, it's something I've been you know talking about with uh, Roberto a lot um, there's I mean even between San Lorenzo fans they are like very very divided in the sense that they are clearly they were clearly the the, the two most talented players in the squad but um, you know there's just been so much betrayal not just uh, from from the press but also some of their former teammates about um, how uh, the, the, their kind of conflicted personalities and their ego and the, the benefits they would get ahead of some of the members of the squad. Uh, well, one of the more, uh, you know, crazy uh, allegations was that uh, made by a, by a former San Lorenzo player, Nacho Piatti, who said that they gave away 15,000 pesos to, to all the squad players for, for, for every win, which is some, you know, crazy crazy stuff but anyway um i don't think um i mean i would say that the doors are probably closed for them in san lorenzo because of you know all the bad blood that happened from from there but uh i mean they had been rumored at one point um for them to sign to, to sign for boca um i think that would depend on what's their their situation regarding the their foreign players in their squad, but I think uh, I mean considering Boca have uh, been kind of a safe haven for for those kind of uh, of divisive players, but who are you know very talented but not exactly very uh, you know consistent. I mean you can see that with the with the Colombian uh, with the Colombian base of players that they have right now. Um, Boca could be uh, the kind of club that would welcome them, especially also in economic terms. They would probably match what they are asking for. But uh, but yeah, um, I think it's going to be difficult for them to play in Argentina because of that, because most clubs are not in the, probably not in the economic uh, conditions for them to to sign for them. So, so yeah, I mean, unless it's Boca, unless Boca find a way around their foreign players in their squad, I don't see them coming back to Argentina. So uh, moving to, to the Messi question, it's it's a good question. I think um, I think it will depend on what happens um, with Messi in as, in regards to to the World Cup in Qatar uh, and how he feels about uh, about himself and uh, whether he feels he can still contribute 
to the team and to the squad uh, and what role he wants to, to play. Because, I mean, we, we all know how Messi wants to play every single game. I mean, the last couple of weeks have proven us how he he doesn't like being taken off the take taken off even in the Copa America there was uh, the rumor that uh, he could sit off the, the game against Bolivia and he played the full 90 minutes anyway or even scored a goal so I mean I, I think it will depend on how Messi feels you know physically um, and how much he can contribute to, to the team by the time the the Qatar World Cup ends you know, Santi, to close it off here, I think more importantly, I do want your take. And, you know, I think it's very interesting of what you've been given of Argentina for this game. But, you know, obviously, as you look, you know, historically, as we had mentioned, um, you know, two wins, three losses, four draws for Ar- for Paraguay against Argentina at home. It only took them actually 16 years ago to get their first ever win against them in a competitive game. So, because I think of obviously the amount of Argentines that have come to Paraguay and vice versa, the huge uh, cultural, you would say, uh, similarities between the two countries. As we say, we view Argentina as the classic rival of the Roja. But I want your take and your perception of what Paraguay is, you viewing these games, the players that they have, you know, how do you assess this Paraguay squad heading into this game on Thursday and, you know, just your overall opinion on it? Yeah, um, I mean it's uh, it's a tricky question because I think um, Paraguay have been kind of uh, not in the best form lately, um, from what I've seen. I mean, I think it was this problem last this last win uh, that they could probably save Berizzo's job at least in the in the short term. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I I know that um, Paraguay have been kind of a bogey team for Argentina, but that also coincided with uh, some of the best, um, one of the best generations of Paraguayan players ever, probably, um, 15, 10 years ago, something like that. I think that talent has probably dried out a bit in the last uh, in the last few years. Um, you can see, you know, some, some quality players there, you know, Miguel Almiron, of course, being the pick of the bunch. That's the, the one that could, possibly cause a lot of problems for Argentina. Um, Avalos is also a good striker. He's got, um, well, in, in a very traditional Paraguayan sense, he's, he's got such good, um, he's so good in the air. Um, the, they're also very strong uh, in, in the centre-back position, I think. But um, I feel like Argentina should have enough uh, quality and enough talent and enough, you know, hunger to to. Well, their, their midfield has become kind of the linchpin of the team, uh, the way they, they, they work in tandem and uh, the fact that they are very fluid in, the, in their shape. They can play in a four, they can play in a three. Um, I think they should have enough to, to win that midfield battle, which I think will be crucial. And uh, I mean, not to, not, to sound, uh, not to sound, you know, arrogant or anything, but I think Argentina should win this game. Even if it's uh, it, it will be it won't be easy because I mean it's never easy for us in the defensor del Chaco, but I think Argentina should have enough to win this game. Well, it's good that you had mentioned that because I think to close it off here and thank you again, Santi, for coming on. But what is ultimately your prediction for this game on Thursday? I had game of predictions, I really do. But uh, well, since you asked for spot. it, <laughs> since you asked for it, I think it's gonna be two one for us. Uh, we will score the the. 
our two goals in the first 45 minutes. And then we will try to see it off. We will concede in the 75th. And then it's going to be a really, really nervy for the final 15 minutes, but we will hold on to the win. And that's going to be it for me. Well, at least you're confident on that. And then that's all that matters <laughs> here. But uh, Santi, before we let you go, and thank you again for coming on, where can everyone find your work and where can people follow you and, and all those kind of things? Also, um, you can follow me on Twitter. That's where I'm most active at uh, Santi underscore Bausa. Um, you can also follow the Hand of Pot uh, Twitter account where I I feature regularly. Now that I have this uh, TNT job, I'm not featuring as, uh, you know, as regularly as I would like to. But, uh, you know, when we record on Wednesdays, I tend to I tend to show up so you can you can listen to me there uh, or you can follow me on Twitter, as I said before. Excellent, excellent stuff. So another great episode featuring Argentina heading into this game against Paraguay on Thursday. For myself, Roberto Rojas, for Fede Perez, and for Ralph Hanna, thank you so much for listening in. See you soon. Thank you for having me, guys.